Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sacred Gary Podcast. Yes, um, I just got through watching the final presidential debate, the second and final presidential debate, and I want to speak on that. But before I get into that, I want to let you know that we are available on several platforms, uh, Anchor, of course, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and I think that's it. Yeah, so if you listen to, and Pocket Cast, that's enough, that's the last one. Pocket Cast, so if you listen to the podcast on any of those platforms, please subscribe. That way you will be notified um, immediately of any new episodes being posted. You'll get a notification to the app that you listen on. And it would be greatly appreciated if you would leave a review and rating. But back to the presidential debate. Okay. As you might remember, the first presidential debate was quite a debacle. Um, both President Trump and former Vice President Biden, you know, talked over each other the whole night. Uh, Donald Trump um, really was uh, the antagonist. Uh, wouldn't let Biden speak for the most part, and, and Biden kind of got sucked into fighting back with him. And um, it was kind of like a a really, really sloppy boxing match where, you know, one fighter comes in fighting wild and crazy and the other guy, you know, he may be a skilled fighter, but he's he's kind of forced to, to, to fight the fight of the other fighter. And I think that, um, if anything, uh, Vice President Biden made a mistake by kind of getting sucked in a little bit. Um, by Donald Trump, I think clearly, clearly, President Trump was the antagonist and everybody saw it that way. But it just left everybody leaving, left everybody feeling like um, the first debate was useless. And that wasn't, you know, that wasn't good. Um, it wasn't good for America. It was bad, it was really bad for Trump. It wasn't, wasn't great for Biden, but it was, it was it was really bad for for Trump because most people walked away feeling like he came off you know as a jerk, and you want to be liked, especially um, weeks before you know the election. You want people to like you or at least vote for you. So I felt like in this debate. President Trump had nowhere to go but up, you know. And um, a lot of people, <laughs> you know, joked about uh, the mics being muted and what President Trump would do to, you know, offset that safeguard. Um, and to his credit, he followed the rules. He followed the rules tonight. You know, he rebutted some points and 
Um, he wanted some follow-up, but, you know, that's just usual in a debate. If you think somebody scored a point, you, you want it back. So he, 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 he was much, much better. He let the other candidates speak. We didn't, we didn't have to see the use of the, the mute button. It was announced when they came out that for the first opening two minutes that the mute button would be on and then both mics would be open. But I think that they you know, were reserving that the mute button for, for an option if it came to that. But it never did come to that. It was a regular debate, contested, but very audible. Um, and you were he able to hear, you know, people state their positions on different things. And the first debate, you know, it was really um, Trump, you know, trying to bully or, or, or chump Biden and it, it backfired on him because it, it just made him look like a, a bully. And <clears throat> more so than look like a bully, no one likes a bully, right? But it led to the question of why was he being a bully? You know, why was he acting that way? And, you know, my opinion was that he wanted to turn it into a street fight to take the focus away from just going point for point with Vice President Biden, because if, if he felt like he would have had a better showing or he would have beat him, just going point for point, letting him speak and speaking after that, I don't think he would have tried to ambush him that way. It was the kind of thing where, like I, I compared it to a boxing match earlier where the President Trump's strategy in the first debate was just to take the fight to Joe Biden and crowd him, you know, don't give him any, any room to operate and, to see how he operates under pressure, we'll see if we can unnerve him. So I feel like the whole, the, whole, the whole strategy for the first debate for Trump was just try to unnerve a, um, Vice President Biden. And Biden, he kept his cool for the most part and he, and he stood his ground. You know, he, he, you know, he did a little name calling here and there, but um, for the most part, you know, he, he, he still, you know, stayed on the, the high road and, you know, he fought a little bit. He couldn't let the guy just um, do what he wanted to do in there. But needless to say, America came away from the first debate feeling like, you know, nothing was accomplished. And even though, you know, Trump was the antagonist in that, and I think that, um, you know, Democrats would say that, you know, Trump, you know, totally ruined the debate and Republicans would say, well, you know, the whole thing was a disaster. <laughs> so, you know, that's how that went. So the debate started off with um, one of the most important topics um, in the world today, and that is the coronavirus. And <clears throat> they started with President Trump, and I felt like you know, President Trump was 
his answer for so many COVID cases in the U.S. and the question of that alluded to of him mishandling the situation or information. You know, he he kept saying things like, you know, it's a problem all over the whole world. You know, it's a worldwide problem. And uh, so basically, he was saying that, um, hey, everybody in the world is de dealing dealing with this. Don't don't blame me. You know, nobody can stop it. And you know, we we. We kind of know that's not true. Um, nobody stopped it, but when I say we know that's not true is that we know that um, other countries that had the virus before we had any cases, other countries that were um, the epicenter for the, the virus, like Italy and, and China at different times, they flattened their curves quite successfully. And we, you know, and we we did nothing but go up. And even when he, even when um, President Trump mentioned uh, shutting down the country for the virus, he said, you know, we shut shut down the best economy in the world, and it was almost like, um, you know, he was still mad about it, you know, or that's what he cared about. So he didn't really speak of necessarily a plan going forward, you know, un, un, until you know, maybe after Biden spoke. And, and President Biden was asked about it, and he came out, and he talked about, you know, masks, um, making everybody wear masks, and listening to the scientists, you know, and following their advice, and, you know, things like that with his plan for coronavirus and um and he also you know pointed out that well yeah what well, Trump's defense was you know nobody knew what it was nobody knew what it was I mean nobody knew what it was you know nobody knew what it was and um and Joe Biden pointed out that during his time that he was saying nobody knew what it was, is that he went and had a meeting on Wall Street and told him that something very bad was coming. And the takeaway from that meeting was for everybody to sell short. So um, if you believe Joe Biden, <clears throat> President Trump um, felt like the virus was serious and bad as it related to the economy, but as it related to a threat to human life, it wasn't met with the same level of urgency. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't really need to go back to that um, about the president downplaying the virus in the first debate and because we all saw what happened with that. So, uh, 
Also, Biden said part of his plans, um, he alluded to possible shutdowns of the country, and, and he was pressed on that, you know, by the um, by the moderator after Trump, you know, threw threw that out. He wants to shut down the country. He's going to shut it down, you know. And you know, President Trump was, you know, we're, we're learning to live with the virus, and and. Vice President Biden, you know, came back and said, no, nah, we're not learning to live with it. We're learning, we're dying with it. You know, people are dying every day, you know, with this thing. And um, I'll stop there for a second uh, as far as covering what happened and injected just a little bit of um, opinion, commentary. with the coronavirus, and I won't do too much because I, this is a very broad topic and I, and I want to talk about this in another episode. So, um, you know, things, you know, I think we're at a point where, um, you know, we, we, have, we have, you know, two interests. We have human life, which is the highest interest ever. And then we have the economy, which, has a definite effect on human life. Hmm. So it's kind of hard um, when you see people hurting on both sides, meaning you, people, you see people sick and you see people dying. We saw a lot of people die and we're still seeing people die. But, um, you know, we've seen so many people struggle. You know, we see people go out of business. We see people lose jobs. And there has been some relief. You know, there has been some relief, but there's still, you know, people really, really hurting. And um, so, <clears throat> and I even... Vice President Biden, you know, he didn't just say, I'm going to shut the country down. He, he prefaced it by saying kind of there would be, could be a possibility that if it came to that. So you could kind of see that um, even he appreciated uh, the importance of, you know, people being able to, you know, work, make a living. I mean, he didn't say that, but I think that, you know, his hesitation and saying it would be an absolute shutdown, you know, was rooted in that. So, so you know, <clears throat> it's a, it's, you know, it's a pancake. It's got both, it's got two sides. But like I said, leading into it, human life is the highest priority. It's the highest priority. Because it just can't be replaced. Uh, it can't be gotten back. We can come back from losses, but we can't come back from death. Okay. So, that's a, you know, that's a very interesting thing that we got to balance. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to leave that there because I'm, I'm going to come back to that at another time. A whole other time. I want to get through the rest of this stuff. So, um, 
so those were the those were the competing arguments. And, and President Trump, you know, stated ninety nine percent of people that got it recovered, ninety nine ninety nine point nine percent of young people recovered. And um, I didn't I, I didn't watch um, any of the fact checking shows to see you know what was right or whatever. But um, I mean, but in essence, um, if you look at all the people in the country and look at the number of deaths, it's a huge huge, huge amount of deaths. But, um, you know, it, it is a small percentage of the country, but it's, it's real people dying. So if, you know, if, if you got 100 people that die in the same place today, you know, it's a tragedy. Yeah, so either way you look at it, it's, it's, it's real people dying and, um, you know, and that's that's just uh, it's important no matter you know what the number is. But it, I'll tell you the philosophy. You know, it seems to be um, you know some people are gonna get sick, some people are gonna get, or some people are gonna die. But you know, life must go on. Life must go on, and um, you know that's the that's you know the, the dilemma we're facing here. But I think, to just to wrap up the COVID piece, I, I just think that um, President Trump hadn't accepted enough responsibility. He talked about how Biden mishandled the swine flu. And, you know, he's in, he's in office now, and this happened during his administration. So I just think that these are things that you, you, know, that you have to answer for and, and not deflect on it and not say, um, you know, what somebody else did or didn't do. And I saw him doing that a lot tonight. Um, just trying to say what Joe Biden was doing wrong, um, attacking his character. Um, they moved on to foreign policy, and you know that's where Trump accused Joe Biden of you know, illegally taking money from other countries. He said, you know, money was being funneled to his family members, you know, his brothers and his son, um, and also insinuated that Biden was getting kickbacks, you know, through this. So, you know, the whole attack was President Trump's whole piece, his whole spiel on public policy, on foreign policy, I'm sorry, was basically that. Joe Biden takes illegal money from these countries, you know, from the Ukraine. And, you know, Biden fired back saying that, you know, President Trump is the only one that's taking any money from any, anyone in China. And he had a bank account in China and, you know, all this stuff. So they you know, kind of went back and forth and, and stuff. But, um, but it was like a smear campaign for... Um, President Trump, and you know, if you're the president, you know, you 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 got the belt. So it's like when a challenger comes up to dethrone the champion, you know, they're the ones that should be trying all the crazy stuff. You know, if you're the, if you're the champ, you you fight your fight. You know, you fight your fight. You don't have to. If you're the, you're the champ, you're the best. You fight your fight, and if it's a close fight. Um, you know, you really got to beat the champion in, in boxing. I use a lot of boxing analogies because um, it's 
probably my favorite sport, and I'll talk about that more in the future. But um, he he came in with an underdog mentality. President Trump definitely had an underdog mentality. And maybe he wasn't wrong. I mean, the polls show that he's losing. So, you know, maybe technically he is the underdog. But the problem, you know, with his approach is that, you know, he was always trying to point to a misstep of Joe Biden. And you're the guy that's been in the office for the last four years. So it's, it's the guy that's running against you, you know, he has the luxury of saying, you know, what you messed up for the last four years. That's, you know, that's the whole thing. When you're running against the incumbent, your whole platform is what they did or what they didn't do. You get to look at everything they did or didn't do, and you get to make promises about what you would do when you're in office. And the people just have to kind of guess if you're going to live up to these promises or not, because they've never seen you in office. The only thing you have to judge off is the guy who's been in office. So, you know, you can take his record and say, hey, man, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You messed up on this, you messed up on that. And the other guy really can't do it to you as much because, you know, you haven't been president. And that's what President Trump tried to do tonight. He tried to make Joe Biden the president of the Obama presidency, you know, sticking him with, um, you know, all these accusations that weren't done during those terms. And he basically tried to make him the president you know, for the last four years, the way he approached it, because Joe Biden hasn't been in office. He hasn't been making the decisions. It's been President Trump making these decisions. So if anybody's on trial tonight, um, you know, it's President Trump. He's on, he's on trial. Nobody's really on trial. It's a debate, but he's, he's on trial for a couple of reasons because he's the president and he's been in charge and then he's done a lot of questionable things. So, you know, he's going to be, you know, the guy being challenged. You know, he should be saying what his record shows or what his record reflects, you know, things of that nature. And he didn't really, to me, and, you know, I am biased to an extent. To me, he didn't stand on a record. You know, he... He did a lot of subtle deflecting, and he's actually a very slick debater. When I say slick, I don't mean like sneaky. I mean he he knows what he's doing. You know, he's got he's got a style, and and um and he knows what he he knows what he's doing. He knows um how to rattle people, and he slides these little jabs in like really quick, concise you know, little jabs that, you know, it doesn't go on and on. And he, he like, you know, he hits you with it before you, you know, before you know it, he's on to the next part of the sentence. And you're like, wait a minute, he just, he just shot me with a jab, you know? And, um, it, and it's, I'm, I'll be honest with you, it's entertaining to me, um, the, the, the style, you know? And it's funny, you know, he's, he's just a, he's a funny dude. He's one of those people that are, are funny without trying to be funny, and I love to laugh, and I find comedy in just like everything. Like I'm one of those people that will, um, you know, just have to hold in laughter at the weirdest places because I'll see something, and um, 
that everybody else sees, but I'll, I'll see, you know, absolute humor in it, where they're just seeing what they see and everything. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, it, he can be kind of entertaining sometimes. He's, he's, he's very, 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 very funny without trying to be funny and stuff. And then he's, sometimes he's funny when he tries to be funny. So, um, you know, I will say that about him. But as far as, um, you know, answering the questions, he, he's, he's a, a real big deflector. Real, real big deflector. Uh, Joe Biden, he came there, he, you know, he was ready. He always has his information and his points. And, um, and you know, he relates to America. It all, it, to me, it does seem like he does pack a couple, you know, a, stories in his pocket about everyday Americans and, and stuff like that. And he kind of waits for those moments. And that's like his signature, you know what I mean? Um, so uh, he shouldn't stop doing it by any means. But when I, when I watch it, it's like, you know, yeah, he had that story in his back pocket and, and he, was, he was waiting to lay that one out, you know. And, uh, and President Trump actually, you know, teased him about looking in the camera tonight. And it, it, it was a little funny. But... You know, he was saying something serious, and I, in all, um, with all due respect, I, I believe that, you know, he is sincere, very sincere person, um, Vice President Biden. Um, I think when he's, you know, telling these stories and talking about Americans and, you know, I, I think he really, you know, he really loves blue-collar America. And, I, you know, I do believe that. But, <clears throat> you know, his style, it, it is like unpacking this, these stories you know, at the opportune times and stuff. And um, so it's like a little storybookish to me, which is cool, which is cool. Two different styles. And I just like, you know, I like watching people speak and, and analyzing them. I'm a speaker. So, you know, I enjoy watching people speak and just kind of watching what they're doing. So, yeah. So getting back to um, the topics of the debate, Um, Joe Biden, he went on the offense and he brought up uh, Donald Trump's tax returns. And it was very interesting because first he said that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't wait to show him his accountant, you know, just had to get him from his accountant, which we kind of heard before. And then <laughs> he said, the IRS, they, you'll see, they treat me very badly. We're, 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 we're trying to work out a deal. And as soon as I get the deal done, you know, I'll show you the taxes as soon as the deal is done. But, you know, it basically, he's saying, hey, I ain't showing you shit in the next two, three weeks. So, you know, don't even worry about it before the election. And so he even tried to explain paying $750 in taxes. And he said, you know, I prepay taxes so much. I prepay taxes so much. And um, the last time I checked, when you prepay your taxes, that money counts as money paid towards your taxes. And if it didn't, if it didn't, you would have a huge tax bill at the end of the year anyway. So what would be the point? 
So um, for me, that was a you know that was a common sense thing, and I, I don't make hundreds of millions of dollars or, or billions, and maybe he doesn't either. Who knows? So you know, I don't do the same kind of taxes he does, but um, but I know the point of prepaying your taxes. It's just not to be stuck with a big tax bill at the end of the year because you let sometimes you leave the money laying around, you know, just to, on a round scale. You, you know, if you make a hundred thousand dollars and you're self-employed, and you know that you got to give up, you know, thirty-five thousand, forty thousand to the government, and you you know some people might choose to prepay you know twenty-five thousand of that on the spot, you know, and and work write-offs on, on the other 15, unless they have plans for it or, or whatever it may be. But anyway, prepaying your taxes would not be the reason why it wouldn't show up that you paid any taxes. It, it would show how much you paid, no matter, no, whatever you paid within that tax year. That's something I feel confident in saying without, um, without research, okay? So it was, you know, and quite frankly, I don't really care um, what Donald Trump paid or, or didn't pay in taxes. Personally, I, I don't really care. But, um, but you know, it just makes you feel like, you know, it's definitely, you know, something there. Something, something there for him not to have given up all this time. And I just feel like he's saying he's going to give him up. It would be a bad play to say, no, you're not going to see my taxes. But, you know, you got in office. You said you were going to show them. You got in office. You didn't show them for all these four years. So whoever's working on the deal obviously is not going to finish it before November 3rd. So, you know, why would we think you would show them, you know, after that? But I, I really don't give a shit um, about his taxes. That's, that's not what um, concerns me when I think about America, how much the president paid in taxes. I just don't really care. So, he went on and they brought up um, healthcare and President Trump um, he accused Joe Biden of trying to socialize medicine and Joe Biden explained that he was providing a public option to the Affordable Health Care Act, and it would be Biden, Biden Care, the the public option. And um, so they went back and forth about that a little bit. And <clears throat> you know, and healthcare is a very important thing. And I, I think I spoke about healthcare before when I was talking about the whole Ice Cube uh, Trump situation and with Ice Cube, you know, with anybody not singling out Ice Cube, I just talked about him because, you know, it was, he had the plan and it was about him last week. But, um, you know, what anyone know, you just have to be, you know, aware of um, what the administration has done and what their agenda is and, and what they're doing. And, um, you know, 
the idea of repealing the Affordable Health Care Act and leaving Americans without health care. He says that, um, you know, the Democrats or Joe Biden is trying to eliminate private health insurance, and Biden said he wasn't trying to do that. And clearly, affordable health care has not eliminated private health insurance because it still exists. So I just felt like, um, you know, Trump came in there trying to throw haymakers, feeling like he needed to. And this time, instead of, you know, cutting Biden off and just trying to chump him and, you know, these things, he, you know, he just, you know, he just attacked and, and he attacked, tried to attack Biden and deflect and he, he like I said earlier, he, he like attacked Biden like as if um, Biden had, was responsible for anything going on with the country in the last four years. If you'd listened to it, you'd have, you know, thought that, um, you know, that he was. And they brought up other, you know, issues um, to foreign defense and, and um, climate change. And they also spoke on race. They also spoke on race, too. And for me, um, it... For me, it was, it was, you know, it was, I've been criticizing Trump a lot here, but, you know, he just kind of pointing out his tactics and stuff. And I think, you know, Joe Biden presented very well. Um, you know, he was allowed to speak. And I think Trump presented well. You know, I think he presented well, too. He, besides, um, you know, not answering some questions. The biggest, the biggest thing for me was that the accountability, he didn't approach it with a level of accountability as if I was the person in here for the last four years, you know. Um, it was almost like, you know, he was looking like two people running for an open spot, you know, like he had nothing to do with it. The, the coronavirus, it's not my fault. It's, it's not Joe's fault either, you know. And No, it's not, but, you know, you were the one in the office making decisions and the missed decisions when all this happened. So you should be speaking from a standpoint more so of, you know, what you've done and what you're going to do opposed to what Joe Biden didn't do or, or when he was vice president, not even president, but vice president. And, and you know, what how bad other countries are doing, which, you know, isn't true. And, you know, it's just, it's just never a, um, a look here moment, you know, never well, look here in America, look at what we're doing, you know, unless, you know, it's, it's something he thinks is, you know, favorable, you know, favorable to, you know, his cause or he thinks he, he's done well, but there's always like, a, you know, excuse, you know, for everything or deflection. And sometimes simply, you know, we mess up. You know what I mean? We, we do things, um, you know, Joe Biden, you know, authored the crime bill in 1994, which, you know, had a horrible result. You know what I mean? 
he messed up, you know what I mean, or it went the wrong way or whatever you want to call it. You know, he did that. Whatever you, whatever you want to call it, he did that. You know what I mean? Um, he authored a bill that led to many disproportionate sentences. You know, he did that. And, and, it, and it happened, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm going I'm to leave it at that, actually. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to spread out. Um, but yeah, so my take was um, that Donald Trump came in knowing, came into the fight knowing that he needed a knockout. Knowing that he needed a knockout. Uh, he knew that, um, I think, in the first debate. And tonight, he knew that too, but he, al he also knew that he couldn't get it the way he tried to go about it the first time. He knew that he'd already proven that that's not, that approach was going to backfire. So he refined his approach and um, showed a lot of self-control. But I just don't think that he showed the level of accountability that, um, that you got to show. And you don't have to say, yeah, I, I messed up. Of course, everybody's going to explain. Um, I messed up and it was the worst thing in the world. I'm the worst president. You know, of course, you're not going to say, you know, all that. But you, you do say, hey, um, that didn't turn out the way we, we thought or, you know, we misread that there. And, you know, I apologize for that, you know, and you move on because everybody in the world, everybody in the world knows that um, nobody does everything right. Nobody gets everything right. Nobody can predict the future just perfectly. And it's a lot different, you know, when you're in that seat. It's a lot different. Everything is different when you're actually doing it. Um, whatever it is, people can always advise you from the sidelines. But when they're, actually, you know, actually doing it, it's totally different. And I think it's understandable. So I just feel like he should have taken a more approach of, of accountability and answering questions directly. And, um, <clears throat> you know, he didn't, you don't have to be perfect. You know, you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be without mistakes. Um, everybody's going to have a counterpoint, something, you know, disparaging to say about your policy or, or your, the way you voted on a bill or, you know, about your position, period. That's the whole point of a debate. So, um, and I feel like uh, Joe Biden, I know this feels incredibly one-sided. And that might actually say something about Joe Biden. Joe Biden, he, he, he's just kind of smooth and even keeled and, 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 and he's adequate, you know what I mean? Um, and Trump, you know, he's, he's dynamic. And I don't mean like um, necessarily in a, in a good way, meaning that he's the better candidate, but um, he just stands out more in the room. He, he takes, you know, more of your attention. So looking at the debate, it, it's, you're going to, you know, analyze Trump, you know, a little bit more um, than, than Biden I am because... Trump gives you a little bit more stuff to talk about. But that's my take, you know, on the final presidential debate. The election's coming up November 3rd. Everybody needs to go out and vote. 
Um, this election, you know, is very important. Um, one thing I do know is that you can't rely on polls. And you never really know how election is going to go until election night. So people thinking that it's in the bag, you know, for Joe Biden, that would be a huge mistake. And uh, I live in the state of Florida. And I've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen down here. And I know, you know, how things get around election time. So, um, we just got to wait and see. You got to wait and see. But everybody, you know, everybody get out and vote and, you know, be accounted for, contribute, you know, have your voice heard. And that's it.